Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to another episode of The Bullpen, a part of the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Rob Fontenot. He is Thomas Chavaria. Tom, what's up, buddy? Good evening, Rob. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The draft is fast approaching. The Texans are out making moves today. It was a busy day for your local football team. So I was curious when the draft was, so I had to look it up. I knew it was in April. It's actually April 27th. It starts on a Thursday to April 29th. Now, I rotate days and nights. And... The question is, would I rather be at work and just get updates or would I rather just sit there and watch the draft? I saw a video of somebody making fun of people sitting there watching people get picked. But for some reason, it's very exciting, isn't it? It really is. I mean, this is your team getting better. You're hoping that you are in line with what your general manager thinks. Obviously, you watch your team, whatever team that may be. For us, as Texan fans, we know what our weeks, our weaknesses are, our strengths are, and we're hoping that they get addressed in the draft. I mean, by this point in the game, free agency's kind of seen, you know, the the you've seen everything that's going to happen in free agency for the most part, and this is a last chance to really improve the squad, minus a trade that just is unforeseen. So. This is really important because it's kind of like the last piece of the puzzle before you go into trading camp and then it was ultimately, you know, preseason games. All right, so I've seen a lot of mock drafts. And the closer we get to the draft, it's either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. We don't know who the Panthers want. We don't know who their main man is. But the Texans... According to uh, their scouts, they don't want anybody to know anything about their quarterback evaluations. They don't want anybody to know which quarterback they want. And I think that's pretty smart. And I'm not completely sold that they have to take a quarterback. What I believe, and I and I want to say that I've heard Nick Casario say this, is that the way to make a mistake in the draft is to fall in love with one guy. You have to have multiple guys that you're comfortable taking that will better your ball club. And if you fall in love with one guy, history has shown all the different trades that were made, all the different draft capital that was swapped out for one guy that you had to have that didn't turn out to be what you thought he was. You know, I can think back to when the New Orleans Saints traded their entire draft away for uh, a running back. Running back, while he was highly touted, very talented, did not pan out. Ricky Williams. Um, it's just one of those things where if you if you're if you're flexible, I think you take the best available and however that works out, it works out. There's also a scenario that that I'm completely fine with 
where the Texans take Will Anderson, who is an absolute game wrecker, defensive end, and handle quarterback later on down in the draft. Especially if the guy they have is their highest rated guy is no longer there and everybody else is fairly similar. So we were talking about let's look at quarterbacks that were drafted early. And you just look at this list, EJ Emanuel. He was highly touted, 16th overall pick. He didn't do anything. Tim Tebow was drafted to 25th pick. You know he didn't do anything. Daniel Jones. He's still going. He's he's doing a good job with the Giants. He was the 6th overall pick. Patrick Mahomes, the 10th overall pick. I thought he was the 15th pick. You got you got Paxton Lynch, you got Christian Ponder, Lamar Jackson. If you look at them, it's just sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't. Brandon Whedon, that could have been because he went uh, to the Browns. You got Deshaun Watson, who's very good. Trubisky, Mr. Biscuits, he didn't pan out very well. Bridgewater's still around. Justin Herbert. The list goes on and on, and I thought I was going to read them all, but I'm not. But that's that, that was my point. The the Mac the mock drafts that I've seen, they always have one of these two quarterbacks. And I think most fans, that's what they want because we have Davis Mills and they want to improve on that. And they did sign another quarterback, and we'll get to that in a minute. But all the mock drafts I've seen is Young or Stroud with pick number two and Quentin Johnson, the wide receiver from TCU, in every one I've seen, he's he's used with the 11th pick. That's actually the 12th pick. And because of what happened today with moves that Nick Casario made, I believe that either further lets you know that wide receiver will be addressed in the draft as they move Brandon Cooks to the Dallas Cowboys today. All right, so let's talk about this. The Texans extend Laramie Tunsil. Three years, $75 million, 60 million guaranteed what do you think about that i think it's the most important position to protect a quarterback's blind side a lot has been made about how laramie tunsil became a houston texan it's well known that they traded away two first round draft picks and depending on who you listen to depending on who you believe that was a horrible trade they they gave up way too much however you look at the miami dolphins right now is currently constructed they have a prize quarterback that they cannot protect who suffers, you know, very scary uh, sacks with concussions and all sorts of things because they can't protect them. So being able to protect your quarterback is the most premier thing you can do. Building the trenches is, is, as we know, is tried and true. That's the way to go. For me, I think that this is a great signing because he's locked up your left tackle. Most, most, uh, I guess, the position that, that every team looks to fill first is locked away. He's graded by pro football focus as the best left tackle in football, and that's a great way to start your team. Very good. So you spoke about this, the Texans trade Brandon Cooks. He wanted out, and he ended up going to Dallas for a 2023 fifth-round pick and a 2024 sixth-round pick. Who won this trade? A lot of people feel that Dallas won this trade. The Texans uh, wanted a much higher draft pick going into this thing with with Brandon Cooks at the trade deadline. I believe they had a trade with Dallas kind of lined up last year for a third-round pick. 
and Houston was adamant they wanted a second round pick. The the one thing that I think is a sticking point for me is the fact that the Texans are only eating six million of this of this contract, where I believe in other variations they were gonna have to take on more salary. So I think it's not a bad trade by any means because they were able to get two two draft picks for a guy that, you know, basically let the whole world know he wanted out. So they didn't have a whole lot of leverage. It wasn't like they can say, no, you will, you will, you will. So I'm happy. Brandon's happy. Those draft picks, I think, are – I know the fifth round is, is pick number 161, so it's the Cowboys draft pick. Um, let's, let's, let's do it. For me, I'm totally happy that they're, they're moving on from guys that don't want to be in exactly. Houston uniforms. Just, just give me guys that want to be there. D'Amico Ryans wants to be here, and I want guys that he wants, so let's go get them. That's what I was thinking. I mean, he's a, he's a good player. Can we replace someone with his talent in the fifth or sixth round? You never know. There's people that get overlooked. There's quarterbacks get overlooked. People get overlooked and pick last. You know this with the San Francisco 49ers, Mr. Revelant last year. It doesn't matter where they're picked. It's all about developing and D'Amico Ryans. That's one of his strengths. But you can get some good players with those picks. And I would rather have two picks and pick two players that want to be Houston Texans than have a guy that doesn't want to be. So I believe on the 17th, I wrote the dates here, the uh, Texans went crazy in the free agent market. Uh, Tavares Thomas, defensive back. Noah Brown from Dallas, a wide receiver. Yeah, he didn't really do much. I guess they don't use him very much, but there's a good upside to him. Case Keenum brought him back. He's a backup quarterback. Could this guy, if we didn't draft a quarterback, could this guy compete with Davis Mills? I think so. I think it'll be interesting. I don't think he has any familiarity with whatever system Bobby Slowick wants to run. I think for him, he's a veteran guy that's been in the league, that's been in some some really good QB, uh, what is it, the, the, the meeting rooms, the quarterback, you know, whatever. And that's some knowledge that he's going to be able to impart on a young quarterback. I think he could also help Davis Mills, you know, with, with some things that he's, he's seen. Whether or not Case Keenum is the answer, hopefully is not the question. It's, it's who that pick is that they go out and get. And it all remains to be seen. Uh, Tavier Thomas, I believe he was somebody that was already with the Texans. They re-signed him. Noah Brown was the third wide receiver or fourth wide receiver on that team. Uh, when people were healthy or injured or whatever, great size, made some great catches. I think he's somebody that they're catching on the way up as opposed to the way on the on the way down. Um, I believe they 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 also there was a couple other names in there too, but they just really did a good job of plugging holes with guys. You know, one two year deals. They're not doing anything that's going to be long term so that they have flexibility, which I think is really important as they build through the draft so that no one is somebody that's like, I, I'm going to eat a big number as far as salary cap if I have to let them go because I draft somebody that D'Amico Ryans and staff develops to be better than the guy they brought in. They also got Mike Boone, a running back from Denver, Chase Winovich, defense alignment from Cleveland, and Andrew Beck, a tight end fullback. I believe also from Denver. It's hard to read my read my writing. 
but they pick up six brand new guys. And on the 18th, they get Jimmy Ward, <clears throat> defensive back from San Francisco, Hassan Ridgeway, defensive lineman from San Francisco, Sheldon Rankins from the New York Jets, defensive lineman. They are tied with uh, Chicago Bears signing 10 free agents so far in the offseason. We were talking about building the team through the draft. I didn't know that they would sign 10 players of free agency, but they had the money. They have the room. I mean, what I like them picking up these San Francisco guys, people that know what D'Amico Ryan wants to do, less training, people that can help other guys. I like it. Especially the one name I'll, I'll mention out of that group that you just mentioned, Jimmy Ward. That guy is something else. He's 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 a big energy effort guy. Uh, something that that D'Amico uh, groomed in San Francisco. He played all over the all over the secondary corner safety. Uh, he played a little linebacker. So he's got so much that I think he can help some of the young guys and some of the the, the veteran guys that have to learn a new system. He's going to be like a second coach out there to be able to help them break down, okay, this is what this scheme means. And I think that's so critical because the more guys that you can bring in that are familiar, the easier it is going to be to teach the other guys, right? You're not teaching 53 new guys. You're teaching 35 new guys or whatever. And then you have those guys that can help them you know, along, fill in the gaps. So to get guys that he's going to be able to trust to already know their job and and be able to hone in on especially some of these younger guys, I think it's just it's going to make that happen that much faster. All right, so I wanted to mention this, that I think the show today may be a little short. I'm not really sure because time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> but I've been reaching out to guys, you know, either Texas experts. I even reached out to players. They're, they're ignoring me, but I'm reaching out to get us some good guests, to get us some inside information, some discussions about the Texans. I'm trying. I may not succeed, but I will. I did invite Dan Pastorini. And if you're too young to know who he is, <laughs> former quarterback with the Houston Oilers, I wrote him and invited him to come on. And then I asked him another question. And I don't want to get into that because it's part of touchdown and turnover. So let me save this story for that. And we'll get to touchdown and turnover. I only have three. Number one, St. Patrick's Day was Friday. Touchdown turnover. You, you've, I guess you, I'll say ever, you've ever had green beer on St. Patrick's. Oh, touchdown for sure. I mean, you have to. I, I, I get it. Some people don't drink, but for those that appreciate an adult beverage from time to time, which I absolutely do, I don't, I don't make it a, a, a thing like. My day, my St. Patrick's Day is not complete if I don't have a green beer and a shot of Jameson or something like that. But have I done that in the past? Absolutely. I think it's something that's just, it's part of the, 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 the tradition. It's part of that holiday. You know, when you can, you should. So for me, it's turnover. I've never had a green beer. That doesn't mean I don't want one. <laughs> I think it just means I've never been out on the town. On St. Patrick's Day. I don't know why. I got some Irish in me, but this should, my dad really celebrate. He really celebrated, uh, St. Patrick's Day. But I'm telling you this, if me and you went out, had a couple beers on St. Patrick's Day and they offered me a regular one and a green one, 1000%, I'm taking that green one. So just cause it's a turnover 
does not mean that I don't want a delicious ice cold green beer. And let's be clear. It's just food coloring. Like there's nothing special about a green beer other than it's St. Patty's day. Green is a thing. You got to wear it. Got to have it on you in your body. That's, that's really all it is. (laughs) I did not wear any green on St. Patrick's day. Wow. St. Patrick's day Friday. Yes, it was. I hope you got pinched. Somebody wasn't doing their job. All right. Let me tell you this. This is inside information from my job, right? But we are having a parts issue, as a lot of manufacturing plants are. Um, And we did not have production on Friday. There are 36 people in my area. Guess how many people came? Because they gave everybody the option to not come or to come to work. Guess how many people came to work? I'm going to say five. Two. Oof. It was me and another guy. (laughs) I was doing work on the computer, and he was painting. It went by fast. Easiest money ever. Did I want to stay there all night on a Friday? No, I did not. All right. I guarantee you it did not help that it was St. Patrick's Day, and there was green beer everywhere, and they had the opportunity to start early. And it was also a Friday night to Monday morning switch. So uh, it's also non-production on Monday, but I believe I'm going to guess there's going to be like 20 people there. A lot more people are not going to want to give up two days of pay. Anyway, hopefully I don't get fired for that. Nobody knows where I work. (laughs) Keeping it mom here on the podcast. Touchdown or turnover. I know the answer to this, but I had to answer it before I looked it up. You know where the 2023 NFL draft is being held. I'll be honest. I could lie and say, absolutely. No, that's turnover. They move it around. Um, I think last year was in Vegas. I can't remember where it is this year for me. I know I'm going to tune in, so I know I'm not going. So I didn't say necessarily care where they're having it, but I remember they had it in Philadelphia and then I remember Vegas and I was thinking they're probably just going to keep it in Vegas. So I never even thought, about the location and uh it's a turnover for me i had no idea it's in uh st louis missouri kansas city missouri kansas city missouri so i guess they're having the uh draft at the uh, champions hometown i guess i don't know if that was planned or not i don't know how they picked it i don't know either because i know like maybe three four years ago they did it in nashville and uh, it was pretty. It was pretty cool to see. You know, had a large. It was like an outdoor thing, not as a put. Like sometimes it's all indoor. You know, somebody's convention center or whatever. This one was outside, and I thought it was pretty cool. So I don't know my schedule, but I'm pretty pumped about uh, the draft. All right, the last one, and this is this ties into Dan Pastorini. So I said, oh, let me ask you the question. I read this, and I know it belongs to them, and it hurts to to say this. But the (laughs) Titans, Tennessee Titans, have said that they are going to wear the Houston Oiler uniforms, throwback uniforms, a couple times this year. So touchdown or turnover, what do you think about that? I think it's a turnover. Me too. Because they haven't done it since they became the Titans. And the reason I think that is, is because it is well known that the Texans are 
flirting with a uniform change and they're talking about using the colors. So in an effort to, I don't know, be petty or in an effort to go, well, no, 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 no. Those are ours first. Now they want to bring them out of mothballs. I wouldn't, I would probably have less of a stance if they had been wearing the oiler brand once a year or once every five years. They haven't they haven't worn it since they since they donned the new Titan uh, uniform. They've never once had a throwback, and it's only now that the Texans are rumored to be using the Love You Blue, Powder Blue, Columbia Blue, whatever you want to call it. That oh nope, we're gonna wear it for a home game, and I'll bet you it's against the Texans. So they've they've been the the Texans have been rumored. What you just said to tweak the uniforms and I don't know who did it I think multiple people did it but they retweaked the Texans uniform and they kept the same logo but they used the love you blue Houston Oilers colors and that uniform was one of the coolest things I've ever seen and they should 100% do it and I'm like you when they said they were coming out to do it I was like why now why now? Because the Texans are talking about rebranding and the Texans are talking about changing their colors. It is petty. I do believe they'll do that. And I say turnover. I say turnover. Yes, you are literally the Houston Oilers that moved to Tennessee, became the Tennessee Oilers, now you're the Titans. But you haven't embraced. You haven't embraced being the the Oilers ever until now. And I find it kind of Petty. I don't. I, don't, I was going to say coincidental, but I don't know. I, I, I'm not buying that it's on act. That it's on accident. And and I almost want to say that they know what the Texans are going to do. It was it was rumored that they had like a soft showing to the media of the proposed uh, uniform changes and sports talk guys and some national media guys all were there, all saw it. And said, it looks fantastic. They've been listening to you guys. You're going to love it. The suggestions you've made is what they're trying to do. And the only thing that I've ever heard anybody say with any conviction is that they should find a way to incorporate those oiler colors in some form or fashion. From J.J. Watt back when he was here to fan after fan after fan saying, hey, those that's, that's, that's Houston more than is anything else. That oil, Derek. You know, it's 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 synonymous with Houston, mm. so we'll see. I don't even care if the Tennessee Titans are going to wear those colors a couple of times in the throwback uniforms. I still think the Texans should do it because those colors are awesome. That uniform is so cool, and I wish I could see the mm. real one that they're coming up with, but I 100% think they should change the colors because those colors are Houston colors. What do you think about Tampa Bay and those Orange sickle ones. Do you think they should go back to those? The cream sickle? Oh man. Cream sickle, yeah, that's it. They look fantastic. And I mean the old pirate. You when know, I was a kid when I was a kid. Hat. When I was a kid, those orange uniforms were so ridiculous. But when you get older, nostalgia is cool and those orange uniforms are sweet. I think I think we take I think we take a lot of uniforms for granted. You know what I mean? That's ugly. We you get bored of it. Over time, it kind of wears on you. You know, you just you just need a rotation. Because now you see a lot of teams bringing back their old colors, bringing back some of their old stuff. 
And it's like, man, that is so cool. And it's just, it's a nice little retro touch. You ain't got to do it all the time. You know, just sprinkle it in here or there. I think it's a great idea. The Jets did it a few years back because they started out with the white helmet with the green oval. And then they went to the solid green helmet with the Jets. And, and, and I believe they still have the same uniforms, but they went back to retro. The team that I think, besides the Texans, that should go retro and stay with them are the Patriots. They had the most cool uniforms that had an actual Patriot hiking a ball on it. They had the colors of red, white, and blue. Honestly, buddy, the Patriots look like they work for the post office more than they are the <laughs> Patriots. They should go back 100%. It is a cool look. They See, and that's the crazy thing. Even they have, they have donned those colors, donned those uniforms right. once or twice since the, since the Titans have been a franchise. They have never once wore that oily uniform. Now they want it, and that just blows my mind. All right, so anyway, I said I invited Tan Pastorini to join us, and I also said, what did you think about the Titans wearing the Love You Blue Oilers uniform? And his response was, get ready for this, thumbs up. So I don't know what he meant. <laughs> I asked him two questions, and he had one thumbs up. Is he coming on the podcast? Does he like the uniform? For him, he's probably just happy someone's wearing them. So that's what I think. But is he coming on? I don't know. I don't know if he's just answering about the uniforms. I'd love to see what he thinks about the way the game is being played today and what he could have did in an era where they couldn't touch him. Because I, I remember Dan Pastorini. I, I, was, I was also too young, but I remember seeing clips of that man getting beat up. Yeah. I mean, just beat up. And now... You can't even sneeze in a quarterback's direction without a 15-yard flag, and people won't do it. So guys like him who who were mobile, could sling it, I imagine they see football the way it's played today and go, I could have threw for 5,000 yards too if, I, if they would have let me. So if you guys go to Astros Baseball Podcast and look up episode 500, Dan Pastorini is the guest on episode 500. And I think, buddy, I think we're on like 860-something there. But anyway, <laughs> I for me, who who would like be the biggest guy that we could get on this podcast, like a Texans, some, somebody you're a big fan of, that you would just be starstruck? The biggest uh, star that you would just be like, Current, uh, all time? Anybody. It's got to be J.J. Watt. It's got to be. It just has to be. You think that just, guy, you could be just this cool guy that's all – you think you would be nervous? I know I would be. I know I would be. Because, you know, I, I would I, I would catch myself staring maybe a little bit. I mean, Andre Johnson too. That, that guy, I grew yeah. up with Andre Johnson. So he'd be one of those guys. But I feel like J.J. is like – even as even now that he's not a Texan, people recognize him. You know, he was just recently on the. Uh, he's the Pat number McAfee. one Texan. He's the number one. Exactly. Texan. Exactly. Yeah. He was just on the Pat McAfee show and they had him on and they instantly talked about him and Houston and what he was when he was there. And it's like that guy retired in Arizona Cardinal, but nobody's talking about that. I mean, they they did touch on it but not nearly to the depth that they went about the whole, how he was in Houston and how he raised money after 
Hurricane Harvey and so on and so on and so on. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know how well I would do talking to JJ. <laughs> I don't know how well I would do it all. So when I was talking to Dan Pastorini, the, the, the craziest thing to me is because when I was a kid, my favorite player was Billy White Shoes Johnson. And he was known for having that end zone dance with his legs. And so I would always pretend that I was Billy White Shoes Johnson. But at the same time, I had to, if I was playing by myself, I had to pretend like I was Dan Pastorini as well. So I am sitting here talking to someone that I used to pretend to be when I was young. And that was just such a cool experience. But I'm going to reach out to him again. So for the next two weeks, I will be on day shift and we will be able to knock out some shows when things happen. But anyway, I am going to reach out to him. And before we go, do you have any final thoughts? The one thing I would say is that if you've seen what Nick Casario is doing, they, they are the one thing I think that it is great for the for Houston Texans going forward. It feels like for the first time since Nick Casario got the job, him and his head coach are in lockstep. They are going out, getting guys that fit his system, guys that are his guys. And I think when, when, when you looked at, how things were handled with Lovey and you know the the I don't want to get into that too much, but you never felt like he was they were they were together on things. The GM was one way, the head coach was another way, and you just hoped it worked out. Right now I feel like they are grooming a team that is going to be exactly what D'Amico says it's going to be and they're going to be fast and it's going to be defense uh, driven and it's going to be fun to watch. I think some of the greatest teams that I've ever seen had phenomenal defenses and they just, they wore you out. So to say that, that my team is now one of those guys that, you know, you're going to get hit in the mouth every time you come to play on Sunday. I can't wait. I remember, I think it was 2000. And when the uh, Baltimore Ravens had zero offense, and they won five games in a row without scoring a touchdown, I believe. Something ridiculous like that. And then they ended up winning the Super Bowl against another team that had a bad quarterback. And I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been the Giants. No. Well, yeah. I thought that, I thought they played the Bears once. Or maybe that was the Colts. I don't, but I don't but know, their I don't defense the was next level. Back. Yeah. Here I am again speaking about stuff I don't know. But I will look that up. <laughs> But anyway, yes, this has been the bullpen, and we do appreciate you uh, tuning in, guys. Once again, we are a part of the Fans First Sports Network, and we will continue to bring you excellent Texans coverage. So for Tom, I'm your host, Rob Fontenot, and we will see you next time on the bullpen.